business class listeners, you're tuned in to another episode of Whiskey Weekly. I swore to myself I wouldn't be honest this time. It was all just for fun, but now I'm blurring the That's the seductive voice of Harlow. She's a pop artist out of Omaha, Nebraska, but originally rooted from Denver, Colorado. She definitely has a very seductive, catchy voice, some nice catchy beats. Definitely a song you can blast in your car. If you have a convertible, that's a top-down kind of song. Blast, let the whole world hear it. Let the whole world see what kind of a good time you're having? Amen. Business class listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Wisco Weekly. I'm your host, Dennis Wisco. And we are up for another earnings call today. Ferrari, specifically. Ferrari. Stock symbol R-A-C-E, race. Ferrari reported earnings on Tuesday, May 4th. In the opening bell hours. And I will say, if I had to give an award for all the earnings calls I've been tuning into lately, if I had to give one for best drama in an earnings call, I would definitely give it to Ferrari. Be it the current chairman and CEO, Mr. John Ekman, Elkman, I think it is. Let's see, what is it? It's Elkin, Mr. John Elkin, to one of the callers who probably was the first time I heard a caller really have the tone of, hmm? Like, what are you saying, Mr. Elkin? This doesn't make sense. What are you not telling us about this quarter one? financial results and the expectations of what's to come out in the future. There was definitely some speculation that this particular caller, one of the attendees, was insinuating based on the lack of information that was being provided on this last earnings call. So if I had to give an award for best drama of an earnings call, this one would be it. So let's cover a little bit of their highlights, and then also let's get into some of the different, into two particular questions that were asked to the acting CEO and chairman, John Elkin. So in terms of their highlights, Ferrari had a record quarter, much like every company in the automotive space, any publicly traded automotive company at the moment is having a record year and a record quarter. So they had total shipments of 2,771 units in quarter one. And a breakdown of those, most of those, I'd say 
right, probably 60% of those, those shipments are going to Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And then you have uh, the next highest volume of shipments are coming to America. They saw their biggest increase in shipments in China in quarter one. It was 194 shipments to China, which a year prior to this, in 2020 of quarter one, they only shipped out 37 Ferraris. So that is a huge uptick in the luxury segment, the exotic segment in China, them wanting some Ferraris. And then the rest of the Asian Pacific countries, there was 363 units shipped for, again, a total of 2,771 units. They had net revenues of a little over a billion euros, which was up 8.5%. Net profit was 206 million. And as part of the call, Mr. Elkin had stated that, and again, much like most companies that are still trying to find their way out of COVID, a lot of companies are cutting their costs down. So Ferrari is doing the same, looking to cut costs, looking to optimize current production. Though it does seem to be the case that there is a little bit of confusion on what's supposed to be happening with Ferrari's 2022 and 2023 expectations, because it does seem to be the case that a lot of the cars that Ferrari is building and, and customers are ordering, a lot of that is holding the course right now. However, what's built and what's ordered is different than when it is actually delivered. And when that delivery then, you know, counts in the accounting books. Ferrari is definitely one of the brands that has a long sales cycle, right? They can, they don't, they don't build so many cars. It's obviously not like your volume manufacturer. So they don't have as many people. The factories aren't as big. They don't, they just don't build as many cars. Their cars are very expensive. They're very meticulous. And so they have very, very long sales cycles, which is why one of the things that was interesting on this call, and that's and the reason why I say that this earnings call would get the best drama award is because a lot of the call, at least from the attendees when they were asking questions, was really focusing towards the future. What does the 2022 financial outlook look to be? What does the 2023 financial outlook to be? And that was definitely a topic that you could not get a straight answer, even though I would say seven out of the 10 analysts or callers at the very end, seven out of 10 of them, ish right around there all kind of piled on Mr. Elkin asking clarity and asking for more color on why there is no outlook of 2022 and 2023 
something that is going on on May 5th is the public debut of the Ferrari Special Edition V12. Oh, that thing is beautiful. Oh, that thing is beautiful. And you know what? We better enjoy some of these engines that Ferrari has at the moment because that will be one thing that I will share with you on the call of what is to come with Ferrari engines. And for me, personally, when I think of all the exotics that are out there, for some reason, it's that Ferrari engine and exhaust note that resonate the most with me. That is That Ferrari exhaust note is pure joy and sophistication and and hardcore i mean it's to me it's everything that is great about luxury auto racing you know another big significant um fact information that ferrari released was the fact that they were going to continue the stock buyback and as I've stated previously, and as you may be aware of what a stock buyback conceptually is, stock buybacks allow the perception of a really healthy business model, a really healthy operation. But it does also artificially inflate the operation because if there's that much cash available, and all, all Ferrari is doing is to buy back their own stock, thereby rewarding current shareholders who would get a higher share price. It doesn't do anything for the actual business in moving forward certain initiatives. Okay, so let's get into the, the calls here. And we're going to start with Michael Benetti. And I'm going to really play for you his entire line of questioning and Mr. Elkin's response. Because I, this is where, again, Best Drama Award goes to the Ferrari earnings call. Michael Benetti was definitely someone who was not going to just take no or being rejected once and accept that answer to be true. He definitely wanted to pry a little bit more. And it was just, it was... It was a really good exchange between Michael Benetti and Mr. John Elkin. So here's that talk. Hey guys, thanks for taking our questions here. Um, I just want to I want to go back in time to February to the last call and just you know when on that on that call I think you made the statement that the the cars were on track to hit the 2022 plan all the all the 15 cars that were in the plan would be released i'm i'm wondering what's cha what changed since then that pushed out the, the 22 guide with a little more um specifics if, if you could and and i'm wondering how, how much um if anything that the declaration of 2025 being the the release for the electric vehicle versus previously saying that it would be just this decade um, so a little more clear there does that add some expense to the plan relative to to what we what we initially were thinking for 22. Um, hi, Michael Antonio. Um, I remind in 
in the Fourier call, I said the 15 launches were confirmed, and this is still the case. So what we are now considering is the pace of the deliveries that we expect to happen by the end of 2022, and on that, the postponement of, of better, the dilution of the capital expenditure over the course of these two years as an impact. Does this answer your first part of the call? Or the question? I, I, no, I, I don't understand. If, if all the cars are still being launched, is the is the the revenue and EBITDA contribution to the 1.8 to 2.0 billion of EBITDA that was planned by 2022? Yeah. Even though all 15 cars are being launched, some of the revenues in EBITDA are now happening after the end date of that plan. Yeah, what we said is that basically the 15 launches will happen, so the car will be presented in line with our expectation. It's just the time of the, of, of, of the delivery that is going to be diluted over the course of two years. Oh, okay. Any any comment on the, on whether um, the electric in 2025 adds some expense to the initial plan for 22? So, Michael, that's a very good question, and uh, you have wrote an extensively on it. Uh, we we believe that within within the uh, targets we have uh, of of expenditures, we are including electrification without adding to it. We do believe that we will have uh, also for the measures that we've we've mentioned before a a better uh, 2021 uh, and 22 will be in line where we were expecting in terms of overall investments. So we, we just see this as a prioritization rather than increasing the absolute number of investment. Okay. I, I guess I'm trying I'm still trying to understand if the new guidance for twenty twenty three is one point eight to two billion of EBITDA, you know, I guess that means a two year EBITDA CAGR of about nine and a half to fifteen and a half, and you delivered fourteen percent in twenty fifteen to twenty nineteen. Uh, you know, 2021, obviously, a soft year as the economy's reopened, but you've got SF90, you've got Monda, Monza, huge margin cars. You're planning five new car launches, I think, in 2022. Um, and, and you did comment today that the SF90 is bringing the profitability of V8 and V12 closer together. Um, I, I'm trying to understand what what lowers the, the CAGR, because it, it seems like a very full and, and profitable growth period after 2020 as the baseline through 23, what, what causes it to be lower? Very simple. As Antonio was mentioning, the yeah. rate of delivery has changed on the back of decisions we've okay. made and plenty of continued doing in 21 in terms of rate of expenditures. So that means that we have invested less last year and will this year than expected, but it will have revenue and profit coming later than what we were expecting, number one. Number two, as I said before, Michael, we are intentionally managing demand in a way that we continue to build on the strength of our business model, which is really managing the demand side. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there, and I don't even know if I will be able to do it all. But some of the key things I'm taking away from all this, and like I said earlier, Long sales cycles. So what do you do for a long sales cycle? And if you are a business operator, especially on the production side of a business, right? You want to be able to 
optimize your complete your your entire production chain so that the amount of work that gets done there is an equal amount of sales to that work so ideally if there is a guaranteed purchase of a vehicle that vehicle is made that vehicle is already sold that goes on the books you're good to go but that's not the case here that's not the case especially as you go into these big production expensive production type vehicles such as ferrari Ferrari, Ferrari is going to try to stay one to two years ahead of orders, or as he's saying, demand, Mr. Uh, El- Elkin saying, they're going to try to stay ahead of the demand, or they're going to try to manage the demand, right? So it's not so much of trying to build out so many cars and then eventually market them. They're going to probably look to do more of a bespoke type program where, where if they're going to be building out, for instance, a hundred of the SF90 Stradale, maybe they start with a hundred knowing that, okay, we will, we anticipate that we should hopefully sell about 500 of these units, but let's start with a hundred. And as orders come in, then we will start up the production on those particular cars. So very long sales cycles going on there. And as I, as the other gentleman on the call, Mr. Antonio Picon, the chief financial officer at Ferrari is saying there's a difference then because of that long sales cycle of when that revenue of those sold units hit the books. So those, those cars may be ordered in 2020. I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure how long it takes to build a Ferrari. I'm going to say 12 to 14 months. So 12 to 14 months. So if you sell a car at the end of a year, that actually goes into the following year's accounting books. And again, then you have to be able to manage the demand. I mean, if if they're getting so many different requests, you got to be able to anticipate when you can deliver those vehicles. Are you going to be able to deliver them in the same year, the following year, or do you need to go two years out? If you go two years out, as what happens always, people drop out, customers drop out. They want to they want a refund on their deposit, which they're fully entitled to. So this is definitely the one kind of interesting dilemma that if you're looking to invest in Ferrari, you have to take into account. You really do have to go long on a company like Ferrari. And maybe you knew this already. I didn't. I certainly was. I'm more wide open and awake to Ferrari's business model after hearing this call. Now, much like all earnings calls, there was a turn in the call. There was a turn in the call that I don't know how this is going to make gearheads, auto enthusiasts feel about the future of Ferrari, and maybe in general, the future of the exotic space. Ferrari is very much integrated into Formula One. Formula One, as a result of the pandemic, is looking to retool everything about Formula One and even expediting certain initiatives that were once talked about and looking to, again, expedite those initiatives and bring them on faster. One of those being looking to change the engine and the drivetrain. 
And Ferrari is definitely involved in those discussions, knowing what is going on with Formula One, what's the future that Ferrari will play in Formula One and in general motorsport racing. So here is Mr. John Elkin again, talking about the future of Ferrari and what it means to Ferrari and Formula One. There are big uh, discussions at the moment uh, on the future of Formula One, and, and we are very much present in that conversation with the ambition and aspiration of, of being absolutely carbon neutral uh, as, as a sport and as our activity uh, is linked to that sport. So that is exactly the direction of travel. It will be hybrid technologies, and those hybrid technologies are very important within the V6 uh, because that is the same capabilities that we will be using for our other motorsports activities. Uh, as you know, we announced that we will be entering the endurance arena and also in terms of our road cars, which will have V6 uh, hybrids. Were you able to read between the lines on that one, folks? Business class, did you hear what I hear? I'm hearing that the future of these exotic cars are no longer going to be your V10s, your V8s. Again, that Ferrari no or engine exhaust or exhaust sound, you're not going to be getting that anymore. Maybe they'd recreate it artificially. But it does seem to be the case that, especially as it starts at the Formula One and at the general, the motorsports racing level, where a lot of automakers really experiment as well as promote their latest and greatest in you know, technology, that it does seem to be the case that Ferrari, along with Formula One, will be looking to innovate along the V6 hybrid engine. And that will start to trickle down into general motorsports racing. It's going to be sad because if for those that do enjoy watching IMSA, for instance, you're not going to see those Ferraris with those V8s anymore. You're not going to hear those Ferraris with those V8s anymore. Ferrari also mentioned, or Mr. John Elkin also mentioned, that they're looking to get into endurance racing. The engines in endurance racing, those are starting to change up. Those are four-cylinder hybrids, at least specifically at the LMP1 class, the Le Mans Prototype 1 class, usually diesel and electric. And those, those engines are, are pretty awesome. But nonetheless, if you're a gearhead or enthusiast, if you're looking to maintain that beautiful Ferrari, Ferrari, Engine sound, exhaust note. It looks like you're going to have to just enjoy the Ferraris of the past, of yesteryear. The V8s, the, v, the V10s are, are the cassette tapes of the auto space now. Ferrari ended up trading the day after earnings down, although... The entire market has been down on Tuesday, May 4th. But they closed down the day $15 to 
Anyhow, so that's Ferrari, stock symbol R-A-C-E. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Whisker Weekly. As we end every episode, cheers, prost, chaim, kipis, nastaravi, salut, kampai, mabruk, tutsins, gambe, yamas, nastarovie, vo, salute, and saudi to the customer experience. Business class listeners, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Wisco Weekly. If you enjoyed the show, please do provide Wisco Weekly a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be here again next week. Wisco Weekly is providing this information for educational purposes only. We are not providing legal, accounting, or financial advisory services, and this is not a solicitation or recommendation to buy or sell any stocks, options, or other financial instruments or investments. Examples that address specific assets, stocks, options or other financial instrument transactions are for illustrative purposes only and may not represent specific trades or transactions that we have conducted. In fact, we may use examples that are different or the opposite of transactions we have conducted or positions we hold. This site and any information or training therein is also not intended as a solicitation for any future relationship, business or otherwise between the members or participants and the moderators. No express or implied warranties are being made with respect to these services and products. All investing and trading in the securities market involves risk. Any decisions to place trades in the financial markets, including trading in stock or options or other financial instruments, is a personal decision that should only be made after thorough research, including a personal risk and financial assessment, and the engagement of professional assistance to the extent you believe necessary.